Have you ever taken a really long road trip in the car? I mean a really, really long road trip. If so, there are certain things you just don't forget. Things like the scenery, all the stops for gas, restrooms, and food. The times when emotions wear thin or when laughter is so contagious, your sides start hurting. Times when you're nodding off while someone else is taking a shift driving. And as much as you're ready to get to your destination, there's something to be said for the journey itself. There's a time to talk, time to be silent, and time to reflect. There's time to laugh, sing, tease one another, and remember the highlights of a wonderful vacation. But probably most important of all is knowing that you belong, that you are connected to your traveling companions, to your family, that you hang together during good times and bad times, but with all your idiosyncrasies, mood changes, and imperfections, you are loved and part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, I would say that's the best part of all. And sometimes it takes a journey like that to remind a guy like me how special being part of a family can be. Now, I know we each come from different family configurations and that some of us have more and some less than others. Yet we can and do belong to a much larger and I ultimately believe very important community. And that, of course, is the church. The church is a community where people like you and me choose to be connected, to support and care for one another during good times and bad times, to share, sing, and remember the highlights of how God has worked in our lives and our common faith tradition. And most important of all, that we belong one to another as part of God's great family. Yeah, I would say that's the best part of all. And sometimes it takes a Lenten journey with Christ to remind a guy like me just how special being part of God's family can be. This Lent, we are journeying with Christ as we are relating to him more and more through his great I am identities. I once saw this saying on a church signboard. Some travelers on the Lord's highway are merely tourists. How true, how true. For us as Christians, we say Jesus is the way. And yet, we do well to remember that among the world's population and religions, there are billions of others of other religions. One of our UCC missionaries told me about a conversation he had with a taxi driver when he was traveling in Turkey. The driver said, the only road to God is through Islam, to which my colleague countered. Don't you think there are other roads to God? The driver thought for a moment and said, yes, but Islam is the only paved road. Why is it that some religions think theirs is the only way, or as the driver put it, the best or paved way? And that has certainly been the case for Christianity. And passages like our one from John's Gospel present some of the difficulty. John tells us in this passage used often at funerals that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. 
to take those final words literally, or as the actual words of Jesus, certainly draws a line in the sand. And in these tense and troubled times of ours, I personally don't believe Jesus would want more lines drawn in the sand. I want you to consider for a moment that perhaps Jesus didn't say everything ascribed to him in the gospel. I know that might be hard for some, but remember, John was the last gospel to be written and probably wasn't done so until 40 to 60 years after Jesus' death. So much of what we get in Scripture is the accumulation of a passed-down oral tradition and what comes through the eyes of the evangelist. Does that mean we can write off the parts we don't like? Absolutely not. But we do need to look for insight and larger truth. John was trying to convince his readers to believe in Jesus. He wasn't writing a biography as one might today. So listen to how John himself put it in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the, signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Jesus was competing with many other religions for people's loyalty, their faith loyalty, and John was doing that as he wrote this gospel. And John knew the close and special relationship Jesus had with God, and by calling God his Father, Jesus opened up a whole new sense of intimacy for his followers with God. So in that spirit, John can have Jesus say, no one comes to the Father or a Father-like relationship except by me. To have a daddy or papa-like relationship with God was new and special in Jesus. But Jesus so often put the focus on God and not himself. It was the early church writers who put more and more emphasis on Jesus over time. Bottom line, you'll have to decide how to handle those difficult words put in the mouth of Jesus. As for me, I stopped playing the who's in and who's out game a long time ago. I'll leave that to God, who I believe loves all God's children. Personally, I have enough challenge trying to figure out the first part of the words ascribed to Jesus as part of his I am statements and how to apply them in the living the, the living of the life of faith. I am the way, says verse 6. Jesus is the way for me. I teach it. I preach it. I believe it. And I want to draw others to that way. But I am not so presumptuous as to ram it down someone else's throat, or to say their way is a lesser way. I like to hear how it is for others who are different, and learn, and then work together. I do know in following Jesus, the way leads through rough and smooth terrain. Sometimes the path is seldom used and unpopular. At other times it is well-trodden, or paved. For me, I need as much light as he can give to see the path. At times I need courage 
and renewed faith when I am tempted, diverted, distracted, or stagnant. The life of faith is a journey, a way, not an arrival. All Greek nouns which end in A-S-M-O-S describe not a completed state, but a process. The Greek word for sanctification is hagiosmos, A-S-M-O-S. Hence, sanctification is not a completed state, as many Christians are led to believe. It is a process, a road to holiness. Thus, when a person gives their life to Christ, it is not an end. Rather, it is the beginning of a lifelong journey and struggle to holiness. I am the way, says the Jesus of our tradition. And friends, trying to live out that process is challenge enough without trying to figure out out of all the world's billions of people who is saved and who isn't. Now, Jesus' way is also tied to truth. I am the way and the truth, verse 6 goes on to say. And these days of ours are full of all kinds of insincerity, dishonesty, lies, and hypocrisy. And isn't it possible for the current generation with all its technological means to lie better than previous generations? Just look at all the scandals, deceptions, and cover-ups, and on and on. Dictators wield propaganda machines. And George Orwell, in his futuristic novel, 1984, had a vision of a ministry of truth with the task of counterfeiting history. But even in democracy, we have the manipulation of truth in politics and the media. It all happens in a highly sophisticated way. As Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And what are we to believe really? It is the writer of John's Gospel who gives the word truth a very deep meaning. For him, it is the opposite of falsehood. Falsehood is a given in the world of human beings, often given over to death and removed from God. Falsehood does not like the light which exposes everything in time. Falsehood seeks to be free from dependency on God and falls into the abyss of self-deception. Elsewhere in John come these words. Jesus came into the world as a light to bear witness to the truth. Grace and truth came through him, and the knowledge of the truth is promised to those who believe in him. The word that Jesus brings is truth. Yes, he is the truth. I am the way the truth, and the life, says our text. Finally, what does it mean to say Jesus is the life? Well, we will deal with that at great length next Sunday as we celebrate Easter. Here on Palm Sunday, as we are poised on the front edge of Holy Week, we know that Jesus' death on the cross is imminent. Life and death do not have to do simply with the condition of the individual person, at least not in the biblical perspective, but with the relationship between the person and the community which identifies that person and which gives personhood, which is to say, 
without his followers, Jesus would never have amounted to anything. So, hear me on this. Life in the Bible means relatedness. Death is to be unrelated. That can happen even while you're alive. And that's why Jesus was concerned about something much deeper than biological life. And that's why he was concerned with much more than individual units of life in and of themselves. He always cared for the whole flock and knew the importance of community, union with. Surely Jesus sensed something of his impending doom when he came into Jerusalem as part of the Palm Sunday parade. His disciples, on the other hand, never wanted to deal with his coming death. It was at a time such as that, when Jesus sensed their troubled spirits, that he said these words, and he speaks to our troubled spirits as well. And this, of course, is our Palm Sunday text, which isn't about a parade at all, but a much more important life process as we journey with Christ. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Life is relatedness. Friends, we can and do belong with one another as we are journeying with Christ. The church is a community in which we get a foretaste of all that Jesus spoke about. The church is a community of people like you and me who choose to be connected in Christ, to support and care for one another during good times and bad times, to talk and laugh, sing and cry, and remember the highlights of how God has worked in our lives and our common faith tradition. And most important of all, that we belong one to another as part of God's great family. Yeah, I would say that's the best part of all. And sometimes it takes a trip called life, relatedness, to remind a guy like me just how special being a part of God's family can be. Friends, blessings for the journey with Christ this Holy Week. Amen.